So I go into my audition. I have like no laundry. So like I'm going in with like a ripped hoodie, everything. I look like crap, man. <laughs> you know, because I'm at the end of the day, I'm technically, I did the damn thing. I was ready to pack up. I had one more acting class. And then on my way back from the acting class, I got just, I got the call that I was the producer's choice. I didn't even know what that meant. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the What The Passion podcast. If you're listening to this podcast right now, it means that you're excited and learning and creating real change. When we started off, our mission was to bring passion back into people's hearts and tell the stories that should be heard. Our commitment to you is to help you find what you're really passionate about so you can live a happier and more fulfilled life and unlock 100% of your true potential. With this being said, guys, let the story begin. appreciate you guys for hanging in there. 800 people watching. Thank you guys for coming in. Hey, my gente, mi gente dominicana, que lo que? We are here. So I got my, my buddies Tim and Felix over here. They're over in Germany. They got this great podcast called What the Passion. Say hello, guys. What's going on? What's good, my man? How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. How about you guys? Very good. Yeah, man. We're really excited to be on here today. We're really excited to get this rolling with you. And thank you again for taking the time, honestly, because uh, I know we've been talking a couple of days back and I think we're ready for a pretty cool episode, a pretty cool interview session with you. So whenever you are ready, give we can us the get the night. party started. Uh, I'm ready to rock, baby. You know that I'm ready to rock. I'm always ready to rock. Uh, thank you guys so much for doing this. You know, I'm really excited to have you guys on board too. So uh, let's get going. Let's motivate some people. You know, I always get a lot of questions asked uh, from people all over the world. So I think it's time, you know, to uh, answer some of those questions, you know, tell a little bit about myself, tell a little bit about the story, uh, how I got to where I got to be today. And, you know, trying to help my country, put them on the map, Republica Dominicana. This is for you guys. So uh, let's do it. Let's go. So to quickly introduce us, we're the two guys from the What the Passion podcast. We're right out here from Germany. And um, we wanted to get in a little on, on an interview with you to just ask you a couple of questions about you, right? Who is Jan Luis? Who is the man behind that role that everybody's getting to know at the moment? So let me start it like this. Hey, and welcome back, everyone. Um, you know, we have mentioned for everyone that's listening right now and tuning and knowing our podcast already, um, when we came up with the idea of the What the Passion podcast, we wanted to create a platform or a vehicle through which we could share inspiring stories such as yours, such as so many other people that we've already interviewed out there. And we really wanted to give, you know, this, this place for people to find their, their spot and to accelerate in any type of growth that they're going through right now in their life. We want to help them set their foundation. And I think you have been going through so much so much in your life already when we had that quick little talk a couple of weeks back. Man, I was I was stunned <laughs> by the things that you have you have been through. And I think so many people listening to you right now, they don't even know that part of you. So they I'm don't, super, they don't. super excited. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited to share some cool stories, man. You know, that's why I want everybody to keep tuning in. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what comes out. You know, you, you told you told us on the, on the first time speaking that you haven't really opened up about uh, a, a lot of the stories from the past. So I yeah, think, it's I been think... quite the journey, you know. So um, everybody who's tuning in, make sure you tell your friends to join this uh, Instagram live, and uh, I'm really excited for it. So let's get it going. For everyone, everyone tuning in from our side, for everyone that. For everyone that probably doesn't know you, a uh, quick introduction. I mean, everyone right now watching you, they probably know you. But for everyone who, does, who don't, doesn't know you, um, 
today we really have the opportunity to speak to someone, a gentleman that you know really has a breathtaking story to share with you. He is someone that a lot of you guys watching right now, a lot of our, um, our listeners, our podcast streamers, they probably know you as well. For those who don't know you, um, you know, Jan Luis, he, some, a lot of, a lot of people of you know him from his last big hit of the, in the series, 13 Reasons Why, where he played the role of Diego Torres. Um, you know, meet Jan Luis, actor, model, and just an incredible human being who we can't wait to share the next 40, 50, 60 plus minutes with. We're super excited, man. So Jan will be sharing some insights into his life today. You know, the life of an aspiring actor, his story, maybe is we as well even a part about himself that nobody ever heard about. And, you know, 13 reasons why you should never give up on your dreams. So Jan Louis, it's a pleasure being on your call. It's a pleasure having you on our on our podcast tonight. So when we first met you, as I said already, you gave us a brief introduction to your life. And man, I have to say, I'm super, super excited for today's talk because there's so much that we can dive into. And yeah, man, I, I wanna I wanna just lean back and you know enjoy listening to your to your story. So tell us a little <laughs> bit about you. Tell us a little bit about Jan Luis. You know, maybe the side that people don't know about. Where are you from? And more about the story of your life. Well, me llamo Jan Luis Castellanos. For those of you guys listening, I was born and raised in the Dominican Republic. I moved to New Jersey near the age of 10 where I then moved with my grandmother, uh, you know, well, with my mother, I finally got to live with my mother, my stepfather and my, my siblings. But, you know, um, I want to talk more a little bit about life in DR, you know, uh, growing up in Santo Domingo, um, you know, you feel like that's the entire world. You know, you think of America, uh, you could be talking about Wyoming, And it's still New York, <laughs> you know, to some people you want to say, I'm going to New York. You could be flying to Wyoming. You don't even know it. So, uh, you know, to come to America, is, um, it was always a dream. It was always a dream for me. You know, my family was here and I felt like I was always uh, left behind. You know, I was raised by one, with my grandmother, my aunts, my uncles, my grandfather. And, you know, I was just that one annoying kid running around and all up on everyone's business, barefoot, you know, jugando vitilla. For those of you guys that... If you know, you know, you know, um, it's one of those things for the, for the country, you know, we just do it just to have some fun and everything. But, uh, you know, I like, even though the circumstances were like third world or whatever, you go through certain things. My mom always made sure I had everything I needed, you know, once, uh, she had me at a really young age. So I admire her for that. And truthfully, she's, she's my hero. You know, she's taking care of me and my siblings, um, pretty much our entire lives. So I got a, vouch for her she had me when she was 17 years old so she became a true woman as soon as she had me and she just started immediately taking care of me and that was great and um but that also that doesn't like always you know protect you from what can happen you know there were times where you would wake up where i lived in the dominican republic you would wake up to you know your place got robbed you know yeah That happens, That's man. Cool. That happens. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people in the Dominican Republic probably experience the same thing, you know, because I have. Um, and, and it's not fun, you know, waking up to your 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 books missing and TVs and all that stuff, stuff that you, being in the Dominican Republic, you work real hard for. So 
we experienced a little bit of that. You know, um, we lived uh, in Villa Juana. You guys obviously don't know, but mm. maybe some people listening right now <laughs> that are Dominican. It sounds like a beautiful, you, beautiful place to be. Yeah, man. Well, Villa Juana. <laughs> it's uh, Villa Juana. So, uh, you know, I have family from Puerto Plata, Santo Domingo, every, everywhere. But we, we grew up in Villa Juana and... And it was amazing. It was just a lot of culture. It feels like, you know, there was a lot of people there and never really slept. You'd be in the corner eating yaniqueques in the morning. At nighttime, you would be hanging out at the Colmado. And it was all great. You know, it was all fun and all bliss. And um, But then I fast forward to America, you know. I, it was a little tough. I didn't speak English. I didn't speak any English whatsoever. Mm. So um, I had to deal with learning that, you know, going through the process of going to school and trying to fit in, you know, when I came from the R, I was just like, like very loud. I was just like, wah, 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 you know, nothing me conmigo, wah, you know, ready to like mess you up or whatever. The, lat the Latin temperament, <laughs> you know, the Latin temperament. Yeah, it's just the Latin like in, temperament in, in the is nature, there, you know. Yeah, como platano, bro, don't mess with me. <laughs> and all that stuff. So I had to like clean my act up a little bit, you know, fit in, Americanize myself or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> But, you know, that's when, like, the young side of me thought, like, he knew it all in the entire world. You know, I started picking on kids. Well, they started picking on me, first of all. And I just defended myself in a way that, all, how I did in Dominican Republic. All you know how to do is fight. You fight for yourself, you know. And it is what it is. So I felt like I was going down a bad route. My mom knew that I was, like, going down a shit route, too. So we moved to a nicer town. You know, um, and like, oh, wait, Seagogas, New Jersey. Putting Seagogas on the map a little bit, right around there, Hudson County, New Jersey. If anybody from New Jersey is watching this, what's up, what's up? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, baby, you know, and um, that's when things, you know, sort of changed, similar situations. Um, because, like, once you go through, like, a period of your young life, you, you kind of, it becomes very repetitive. You're going to school every single year, you know. You don't really know what you're doing. You, you, you're going through your, the motions. When people tell you, oh, you don't have a job, but your job is to go to school and do good right now. That's your main job. You know, you do that. And over time, it just it consumes your whole life that you kind of lo lose track of it all. It becomes a dazed and confused kind of moment, you know. So I, did, I feel like I didn't really have much of a conscious of realizing what I was here for to do until I got to high school. You know, I didn't really uh, identify you know, with a purpose, you know, I did go through some dark times, um, as a, you know, as a teenager, I had a friend, you know, and I mean, it's sensitive to talk about, his name was Derek, you know, who passed and, you know, I, I having to, to deal with that, you know, at a very young age, it was hard. So uh, it took a toll on all of us, our friends, you know, and, and we couldn't put it past us. So we, we all felt a bit defeated, you know, but, um, You know, we rose up. As soon as we found ourselves flat on our face, we got ourselves back in the race. How, you know, Frank Sinatra says it. So, and before you know it, I just, that's when I found myself doing sports, taking them seriously. I joined wrestling, you know, and um, that was a nice gateway for me because I started developing all these, like, anger issues or whatever. You know, and, um, but wrestling helped with that. I coped with it, you know, and it was amazing. So, You know, long story short, uh, went through high school. That's when I fell in love with my craft, to, uh, to put it bluntly. I think it was like my junior year of high school. That's when I found acting. And um, 
Well, more more in chorus, actually. <laughs> it was like the singing. I was a part of the chorus, singing with everybody. And then junior year, I had found the theater. I never did it. I was always so focused on sports, but the theater called my name. I did plays like, you know, the Jersey Boys, West Side Story, and all that stuff. So that's when I, that was my first, that was, that was when I really found this thing where I felt like being on stage, being, I don't know, maybe the center of attention. I don't know. Um, it felt good. You know, I would go home <laughs> and I would have these like cheap Walmart lights that I could get and like, I would just, it was a lamp, a stand-up lamp, and I would put it there, put it there, and I pretend it was a microphone, and then I would sing all night long, you know, and I would be like, Sherry, <laughs> you know? You really <laughs> like, fell in love. Yeah, I really did, fell did, in did love. It like, it was it was an all-day thing, you know? I'd be singing and dancing, running around the house and something like that, you know? And um, it, it just felt good, you know? Whatever in love was, or whatever it is, I don't know, you know? Not that I know the answer. I just know it felt really good. Was was any was any of your family members as well into into you know acting or playing or was it just you that was really enjoying that to the maximum and just you know, well you know I'm the out. oldest I'm the oldest out of four siblings um, oh, wow yeah yeah um, I have a really big family too you know I live with my my uh, with my grandma my mom my dad you know mm -hmm. all of us and I love it you know it's kind of one of those things that. If it's like 7 a.m. and I don't hear any screaming, I feel like I'm in the wrong house, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> which is great. But yeah, you know, um, to answer your question, like no one, there wasn't anyone in my family that was like into the arts like that. You know, no one was a musician, mm -hmm. no one was an artist, no one was, you know, an actor or any of some sort. What, so I kind of. What grabbed your attention? Like, 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 uh, like you got to the acting class, it kind of, <clears throat> you've been already. You've been already um, in, in 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 the class in your in your peer group, so you had your friends and everybody. You got into acting class. What was what was that 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 final thing that 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 make you be like, oh man, this is what I want to do? What did um, you find in it? Yeah, well, I don't I don't know. Like that moment came and went. It came and went because you know I come from a place where. You think that you want to do this, but the possibilities or the chances of it even happening aren't real. Not you know? So yeah. for me, you know, I think it wasn't until I went out to Los Angeles that uh, I mm -hmm. thought that this was going to, my back was against the wall. I, I had no choice, you know, and that's how I felt like. So that's what it felt like to me going through high school, doing it. It was cool. I loved it, singing and dancing and everything and but i still had to i has i still had to graduate i still had to go to college and figure out the rest of my life you know so i, I didn't want to feel like i was in a rush and you know i once i got to la that's when i was like holy cow like i'm actually doing the damn thing I need, <laughs> my back is against the wall i am homeless and i have no choice but to figure nah. it out right now so exactly for me that best you know position to be in best position <laughs> it's, it's to be in for some in. reason as well the la <laughs> life as well you know no, yeah, life. man. Like yeah, you go there and you just figure it out. Yeah, back against the wall, you know, back against the wall, sitting on my luggage across Chipotle. My mom doesn't know this crap, but <laughs> back against, oh, back against the wall, sitting across Chipotle on Beverly Boulevard. I remember just like, damn, I have fifty-six dollars to my pocket in my name. If I hang around here in Chipotle, I bet you that I can eat 
like five <laughs> burritos in this in the spread of a week you know so i'm like doing the math like i'm like mm-hmm. okay i can get a burrito for like eight dollars and i'll be all right if i just do that every single day with like 56 bucks and then maybe get a job so but okay 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 continue <laughs> but, but be- be- before before we go a little bit deeper because you know we have we have we have quite we have quite some points on la because you know the story that you told us what was happening in la is kind of a big thing in your life before we jump into la um, I kind of want to take a step, like a step back and, you know, look, look at, look at your life in the beginning. So you said that acting and just, you know, playing, just living yourself out was like your thing, but did you have any, any hobbies next to that? Was acting your only thing or did you play some sports? Did you, what were your, some what were some of your other activities or were you full in into that no, passion that you discovered? No, no, not, not even. I felt like I was selfishly good at everything that I did, you know, or I mean, at least I felt good mm-hmm. doing it. You know I mean? I tried skateboarding i was good at skateboarding i broke all my bones skateboarding but hey guess what my first big job it was a copper tone commercial in which i went for a skateboarding audition and i got that job so a skill set that i had when i was 13 14 15 that i had given up became the one thing that was that helped me find the acting class that helped me pay those bills you know and continue to execute to find a manager and all these things so you know everything's in like everything circles back around so if i didn't know how to skateboard as at a young age or do anything like that god knows if i would have gotten that job god knows if i would have had a place to live you know god knows if i would have eaten i would have and it is what it is and i'm really happy the way things turned out so to answer your question yeah like skateboarding felt like a bit of a yeah skateboarding was one of those things that i was like wow really this out of all the things i'm literally I'm literally a professional skateboarder on paper. <laughs> you know, I think I think we, no, we can have like on paper. Guys, it's like, you guys should meet for like a virtual coffee. <laughs> and a virtual coffee. You guys should meet at a virtual coffee and just talk about skateboarding the yeah, entire man. time. It's my it's my it's my, one of my biggest passions. I grew up uh, skateboarding all day long for like ten years yeah. straight. I was doing nothing else. <laughs> and it, and too, it taught man. me, me it taught me it, it didn't brought me it didn't brought me to to becoming an actor uh to 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 be in a in an, in an audition and uh, to get the skateboarder job but uh it taught me commitment it taught me to never give up to always yeah. stand up and then get up the eight stair again and then make that make that make that trick again and then even even though you break your bones i'm i once broke my broke like tore my acl i was crying not crying because of hurting i was crying because i knew in the next six months i can't skate <laughs> that's what it's called <laughs> Commitment is called, man. Yeah. Crazy. No, yeah, um, listen, but, I, I had actually, I had broken my wrist. It's like hanging right now. Look. You see? Oh, wow. So. Damn, bro. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> like I've been pretty beat up, you know, and um, you got to take those hits. I've broken yeah. collarbone, all those things. So you just got to get back up and get back in the race, you know. It doesn't stop there. Okay. 100%. Hundred percent, and I, I would I would say before before we're gonna end this Instagram live because I know we still have like a good a good go a, good uh, a lot chunk. of questions <laughs> you know, the, the, a good chunk you know the the stories that you ne- never have told anyone about that you know kind of blew us away once you first told us uh, you know your time in Los Angeles you know how you got to your audition at Thirteen Reasons Why like everything we're we're gonna talk a little bit further but I kind of want to end this uh, this Instagram live with just having like asking you. 
What does it really take to have a mindset like you? Do you think it's something that you're born with or do you think you can train to become so self-confident and have this belief in yourself that you can just be good at anything? Because at the end of the day, it's not, it doesn't have to do anything with genetics or you know physicality. It's more like a state of minds, like the way you think, like if you believe I can do this, I can be good at this. Eventually, as you said, you can become the best at it. You can become good at it. So what can people, for example, take from this? Like how can, how can they change something in their life that they have this perception on life to go out there and just become the best at what they want to do? Deep question. I mean, and let me, let no, me I say it, a little I bit. I get it. No, I get it. I get it. Um, you know, let I, me, let me say a little bit further to that. That's is that most people are probably, you're not even aware of it, right? Probably you're not even aware of this, this, you know, state of mind that you're in right now but if you would take a step back and just look at yourself what were some of the things that you were saying to yourself doing over and over and maybe just a feeling that you were having constantly to have that determination um i think people overlook personal development you know mm. yes you know personal development is something so important um sharpening your axe because if you gave me about five hours six hours to chop down a tree i'd spend the first five sharpening my axe because i'm the one cutting down the tree boom you know um and you don't have to be born with any genetics you don't have to feel like you're missing something in your life i think it can be trained because there were dark times in my life where i didn't have those genetic in play you know that, that those genetics there so i felt like it came over over wanting something but not knowing what it was just knowing that i needed to get better all in all areas of my life you know and to me that was really important so i would say personal development and we switched over again from Instagram Live, actually, to the call where we're back right now with you, Jan Luis. And I want to kind of Great. tap right into that question. I kind of want to tap into that question where we where we finished off from, like where we where we last where we last stopped. Like, what does it take? What does it really take? You said, you know, you were from time to time not in places where you had that mindset, where you had like those so said genetics right and it was not in place but what did you do in those times when it was dark to kind of bring you back up again honestly man like you have to sacrifice a lot once your back is against the wall you really have no choice you know i remember just being hungry i feel like i didn't make so much so many of those sacrifices until until i got to los angeles truthfully because i wanted it i wanted it and like i just made the big sacrifice to you know shave my head and go out i felt like shaving my head would help me leave the past behind i guess you'd say and that was for me just like a, you know what like i'm making a bold move like that little things increments like that you know silly things that you can cross off your list that make you feel like you're moving towards the right direction and then i went out to la i had like 300 bucks i bought a ticket and then i was up for like 56 dollars. i landed there and i figured it out you know and i realized that once I was able to find an agency and work, life wasn't so bad because I started going to like all these parties and meeting all these crazy people and felt like I was cool. 
but I was getting lost in the sauce. I actually wasn't doing anything for myself. You know, I wasn't on my dime. I wasn't anything. I was just kind of like going and jumping from dinner to dinner. And for me, that kind of, I felt a bit depleting, you know, of my, of my self-assurance of my self-esteem because it felt like, man, this is all, this is all I gonna have to look forward to. No, I have to kind of take a step back, reevaluate why it is that I came here because, you know, LA can, it can literally make you or break you, you know? So I, being on my own, I learned the lessons of, of protecting my energy, protecting my character and keeping that character, you know, also working Mm -hmm. on myself, taking the time out to really focus on my mental health because man, you don't understand how important that is. And I'm talking about the little things that people don't realize that keeps you on your toes, keeping you disciplined, you know, all that stuff is really important. So like when I eat, you know, you go on your 10 minute walk so that you can digest properly so that you can look good. Why? Because everything is an increment to feeling better. You know, if I am waking up in the morning, make sure you go over your goals, take your time out, force yourself for that first 10 minutes of your day to not look at your phone, little things like that, helping you build discipline will keep you going and moving forward. You know, reading the books that you don't want to read, you know, Maybe just reading a chapter a day, but as long as you're reading it and moving forward, you're learning something new and doing something out of your comfort zone. Literally, personal development is so important. Exercising, all those things, things that keep you sharp, man, you know? Like, you, like I wouldn't go ahead and try and taking weight loss advice from a fat person, you know? So you want to be that person that <laughs> knows what they're, you know, you want to be that person that knows, what they, you know, that knows what they're doing when they practice what they preach. You know, so if somebody like myself is an entertainment, I have to. There were times where I would wake up at six in the morning to go on these hikes and I would fast for like 16 hours a day, mainly because I couldn't really afford to have three meals a day, you know. So <laughs> I had to adjust to that. I had to cope with it. And for me, that was really important. So I felt like in reality, I, I felt a bit lost, you know, I felt a bit lost. I felt like I was making sacrifices, working on my goals, literally setting down aff- affirmations and, you know, writing myself like today is going to be an amazing day. Today, I'm going to do my best at everything that I put my hands, that my hands touch, you know, I'm going to do it with all my might. You know, I, 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 I really, I found my faith in God around that time, you know, so I would ask God for wisdom. I'm like, listen, God, don't give me any more blessings because I already have enough blessings. Just give me more wisdom so that I know what to do with these blessings that you have already given me, you know, with the opportunities that you are bringing forth me, you know, and I need that. Like I seek that learning. I seek that, that information that I needed to, to execute, you know? So once I was able to get involved with an agent, I took the necessary steps to sit down with whoever I had to sit down with and ask for what I want. You have to be definite. You know, there's one book that I really love is outwitting the devil by Napoleon Hill. Oh yes. That book changed me bro like i'm telling you i have read that about six times whenever i feel untrained in myself where you know it comes in waves sometimes you get really motivated and just like any other person you demotivate yourself but it's up to you to keep moving forward there were times where like i needed to read that book and it would set me right back on track because it would talk about definiteness of purpose it would talk about drifting so just not leaving unfinished thoughts in the mind and moving forward and without even with a sound plan or without you know a plan at all you can still get to where you want to be as long as you're definite. So I really believed in that. And for me, that's the key. I am definite about where I want to go, whether I know what I'm doing or not, I know I'm going to get there one way or another, you know? So to me, that's a, I don't even know how else to put it. (laughs) You know, that's a major token right there. 
that I can give to you. Just be definite about what you want. Go after it. Whether you know what you're doing or not, just go do it. You learn throughout the okay. process. Got you, bro. Got you. Great, great recommendation. Outbringing the devil and also the topic about the drifters. I mean, it happens super fast to start drifting, especially I think when you move to a city like LA, right? Um, leaving, leaving things unfinished and uh, getting back to like old and bad habits happens, happens pretty fast. Um, how did you build your life over there and uh, in the beginning manage to make ends meet? Like, how did the first few days The first few weeks looked like yeah, you taught so, us about like a little story. Yeah, so like, you know, um, I had an agent. People got to look through those mm -hmm. contracts, you know. People got to go through those contracts and realize how, what you can actually do with an agency and how to use them to your advantage, you know, because they're not, they're not against you. They're, they're, they're there to help you make money. So I feel like a lot of other people, a lot of people, you know, they tend to focus on what could be opposed to what they should actually be doing and, And the details, you know, so for example, like you can advance your money, you can have it be paid an allowance, this and that. And if you're smart with it, you might be able to make something out of it, you know, while paying yourself and the agency back. So you, as long as you play your cards right, you'll be okay. You know, it's not, mm -hmm. it's not as bad as people think. So, uh, I mean, I lived on like, I think it was uh, like a hundred and $100 allowance or something like that. And every single week, you know, so while working, what does it mean? So a hundred dollars. So there's so like, I would get a hundred dollars every single week to live while I worked my jobs because the, the clients that I worked for would take 60 to 90 days to pay. So if I worked today, I probably wouldn't mm. see my money for another two months, you know? So it would be yeah, like, bro, like the money would be advanced to me, you know, yeah, a month. Yeah, so. is, that, is that even imaginable in, in LA? No, no. So, no. <laughs> it's still like home. but you know, I I figured it out. Some like I I I I went to Los Angeles. You know, bit hefty. I wasn't the tallest. I wasn't. I wasn't. You know, the 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 thinnest either. I felt like I was uh, wasn't really a model. <laughs> you know, I was kind of bulky. Mm -hmm. But this process got me there. You know, I lost an extra like 25 pounds when I got to LA. I got down to like 160 pounds and I got there like 195, <laughs> you know, because of the lack of eating and the the overstock of working out. You know, I was working out trying to be this person, but I wasn't really eating the, the right way. So I lost all the muscle, but like I was ripped and I looked like a model, but at the same time, I didn't feel good. You know, I looked a little sick around the cheeks and the neck, yada, 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 but When there was a there was one week that uh kind of everything changed for me you know and it was when like i was almost going through a breaking point i felt like i was at the lowest weight possible i would think i, I was down to like 157 and i was like holy cow like i'm going to disappear and i don't feel good and i have no money but that week i that's when i booked the Coppertone commercial with the skateboarding and I fly down to Chile for five days and I work, everything's great, yada, yada, yada. I'm hungry. They don't, you know, I'm eating all this great lunch. I gained like 10 pounds back at, at that job. So I take advantage of all that <laughs> catering <laughs> and then I come back. But as, I, as I'm like coming back, um, at the hotel, like I send in these digitals for modeling. They wanted an update. They wanted to see me in jeans. I got on the plane. So I, as soon as I touched down, I had to go to San Francisco because I ended up booking this Abercrombie and Fitch campaign. 
So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was like my first uh, big modeling thing that I'm very proud of, you know. And then after that, I ended up booking an Adidas campaign, you know. <clears throat> and then mm-hmm. while while being at my fitting for you know the Adidas, I ended up booking the Marvels Runaways on Hulu. So I had like ten glorious days, and that that changed everything for me. And, you know, th- that wasn't easy either because that was the week where I kind of wanted to throw the towel, toss in the towel, you know, give up on everything. And everything just, oh, yeah, changed. You know, I was couch surfing it. I was ready to just, like, call it quits, go home. I went to this last audition, and it wasn't great. But I-, I didn't really know what it was, you know, and everything. So I was just like, you know what, like, I'm – getting rejected i don't think this is gonna be the one you know and i turns out like i can't sleep one night i i'm like running at like five in the morning all the way up to runyon canyon is a park in hollywood and when i get to the top i see the casting director walking his dog and i'm like hey i know you he's like and i know you i'm actually um on my way down right now to write another episode because you uh you got a callback so we're just writing some new material with for you and that's how i found out about my callback at like 5 30 in the morning at the top of running canyon um this was uh this was uh patrick rush's assistant the uh the paramount casting director for the show and for me i took that as a sign you know i literally started crying and i was like oh my god that's a sign that's a sign i literally have a witness my buddy john i took that as a sign i took it and ran with it you know and like, I just couldn't believe it. So I dove in so hard. I prepared for the role. You know, I took it all in every single minute of the day. I was just running my lines every single chance I could. And, you know, that's when I, that's when I knew I really wanted this thing and I had no other choice but this. So I go into my audition. I have like no laundry. So like I'm going in with like a ripped hoodie, everything. I look like crap. But, but it's all about how you feel, man. It's all about how yeah, you feel. Yeah, you know, and, and, I, and, I, and I just went in there. I did the damn thing. I was ready to pack up. I had one more acting class left. And then on my way back from the acting class, I got just, I got the call that I was the producer's choice. I didn't even know what that mean. I didn't even know what it mean meant at the time. You know, I was just like, what, what does that even mean? You know? And, but I was the choice. And like, I just, I broke down in tears. I called my mom, you know, and it was just a, one of those moments where it was just like, Oh my God, like so many things, all this hard work, all the sacrifice, all the suffering, sweat, blood, tears, like, it's it's clicking it's coming back around you know and obviously you continue to take your hits after that but it makes you uh it makes you feel self-assured that you can actually do this so you know within a week i went from feeling like a nobody to having an adidas world man yeah on top of the world being a copper tongue boy being the abercrombie face working with adidas and and landing a Marvel's Runaways uh, role, you know, as Topher, like, it's just incredible being able to speak Spanish, being able to uh, grow, motivate these people, be in the cinematic universe of Marvel, it, you know, not even cinematic, mm-hmm. but the television, you know, it's a, and to me, that's a, an honor. So if you would have told me that I was going to be a superhero or, or, or a super villain, you know, back in the day, I would have never believed you. So, but, now I know that anything is possible and, you know, should never, ever, ever, ever give up on your dreams. Because I could have easily Man. failed at, at doing something that I didn't want to do, you know. I could have easily gone 
an accounting job and fail at that or try and be a doctor and fail at that, you know, but, and, and, and knowing that that's not something I want to do, you know, why mm-hmm. I'd rather just fail at something I would love to do. Like I'd rather fail at acting, knowing, you know, and, and, and say that I gave it a try and, and I did, and I'm really glad I did. At least, at least you then fought for what you really wanted. I think that's a big part of, you know, most, most people, they, they would love to just stay and travel the path of least resistance, you know, just do the thing that is just okay. Just do the thing that is just acceptable. Yeah, they, just they do whatever you know, they so. can to not get out of the comfort zone. And I think what, exactly, exactly. And I think what you did is definitely taking, taking a leap of faith. To be honest with you, I, I admire that deeply. I, I don't know if I personally would have, would have had the, the balls of just travel to, to LA you know, I, I know that you told, you told some stories about, you know, how, how you were pretty much sleeping. You were pretty much homeless. You were pretty much sleeping in a, was, was it in a KFC or where, where, where Chipotle. was it? Chipotle, sorry, Chipotle, Chipotle. right? Um, so yeah, man, the, it's, it's really, it's really, it's really inspiring to see how you changed your life around so fast. But, you know, now a lot of people know you now you are the guy that played in the 13 reasons why, but I know that there's a part of you that not a lot of people know that actually nobody knows. And you told us that there's a special story that you would like to, that you wanted to share with us and that you would like to share with the audience as well, because I mean, you have now your production company, two pound production, and you mm-hmm. actually explained us what that name actually meant. Like when I saw, when I saw it for the first time, I was like, all right, it's a pretty cool name for a production company. Right. On but email, yeah. on the email, yeah. But when you explained <laughs> yeah. us this, behind it i was like oh man that's so much deeper than i would have ever thought so if you don't mind would you share with the audience that part of your life and you know what has actually happened okay well okay. <laughs> now it's getting real <laughs> um no yeah this was um kind of a moment that changed everything you know um mm-hmm. I would say so. If, so, so when, when, when was that? Give us a, give us a little bit of context. Was, uh, like when was this that? This was uh, this was 2016. Um, I forget what time of the year it was because I just went into a shithole after that. <laughs> to be honest, um, <laughs> I kind of I was just blinded by the whole situation. But um, yeah. no, man, yeah, I was arrested for uh, possession of marijuana, and um, I was over 18. I spent a couple of days in jail, you know, but, uh, all good. Everything's taken care of. All charges were dropped. You know, I was just at the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people and, uh, just bad influences, you know? So, um, lucky to get myself out of that. However, I, I sunk, you know, I went into like a black hole myself. My mental game was shot. I had no will. I had gained 70 pounds. I went into 70. a massive depression. Yes. 70 pounds. Wow. And, you know, I, I didn't know what to do with myself. Luckily, you know, my girl, Andrea Pirelli, she's been my rock for thick and thin. And, you know, um, I'm, I was even impressed that she stayed there with me and through this whole entire journey, but she was, uh, she helped me mentally and everything, you know, and I was just trying to figure out how to become a better version of myself. I was ashamed. I was embarrassed you know, because then word spread quickly. I come from a town that's very small and everyone knows your business. So that was kind of the inevitable, you know? And Mm -hmm. for me, it was hard to walk around feeling embarrassed. So I didn't leave my house. Uh, And 
because of that, like I was just like, it taught me so many lessons and a lot of lessons and a major lesson as well. But it didn't happen overnight. You know, I kind of went through like six months of darkness before I even decided to have that breaking point where I couldn't tie my shoe anymore without like holding my breath or something, you know, like it, it was just like, I remember like I went to go tie my shoe and I almost passed out because I couldn't freaking breathe. Like, and, and that's when I knew I was getting overly obese and I was just really, um, really sad. So I woke up the next day again, five in the morning and I just went to this park that's overlooking, you know, the, the Hudson river, the New York skyline. And I, I started running there in the morning, you know, and fasting mm -hmm. and taking myself seriously, really focusing on, trying to find my purpose, you know, trying to do anything, 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 anything. I even had like a minor network marketing phase and, and you know, and, oh, really? and that helped with, yeah. And that even helped with my, you know, with my personal development where that's when I started uh, like finding people that were about, no, read your books, write your goals down, this and that. And then I started realizing like, Oh, like you can, there's motivation out there, you know? And that's that was when i first got the hint so i just took that information of becoming a better version of yourself and took it and ran with it however way that i could and that was like the best piece of information that i could grasp on because then i became the person that tried out of my friend group you know that tried to be a better man that tried to uh, you know succeed we all talk a big game but man can we do it you know and to me mm -hmm. we, we all felt like we were on the same boat so i felt like i needed to deliver you know i really wanted to deliver for myself i wanted to deliver for my family i have such a big family puts pressure on me you know but uh it feels good when i can come home and say mom everything's all right no worries you know so um mm -hmm. and i'm real happy about that but now you know i all the way up going into la everything happens for a reason everything circles back around you know i get the role of 13 reasons why after suffering for quite some time you know, throughout this entire journey, ever since that arrest, that once mm -hmm. I was able to and became eligible for it, I created my production company called Two Pound Entertainment um, on behalf of that arrest that uh, <laughs> thought could take me down, but it couldn't because then I created a company out of it. So, um, and then read between the lines, literally. Yeah, it's like, like only only people who know that story will actually be, get this the story behind that name. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's I think that's really really inspiring, honestly. Yeah. Um, I know, I know that we too, we met through uh, a common friend, Daniel. Shout out Daniel. to Daniel again for, for yeah. this whole thing up. You know, but, you know, you coming out of a hole trying to build yourself up, I, I guess we always say that we can do it by ourselves, but once we're so deep in the pits, we don't really have the strength to do it ourselves. So did you have people around you, friends around you, maybe even did you look for no new people in your life that kind of give you this elevation, this lift? And w which role did Daniel play in it? Well, you know, I, once I started, yeah, of course I had friends, you know, I like, I, I don't mean, I don't want to name drop in case that I want me to say their names, but I had, you know, so many great friends that guided me, especially, you know, there's one specific, his name is Dante. And he, um, you know, he introduced me to a couple other people, you know, he introduced me to an, uh, a modeling agent. He introduced me to that entertainment world for a second. And I just, I started meeting people all around, you know, so you network. And then I met Daniel, for example, and, and Dante knows Daniel as well, you know, because we met him at the same time and he were there. We walked all of the same fashion shows together, 
you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, Daniel had come to our house to to party for a second, you know. So we all used to hang out when we all kind of came to LA to figure out what we wanted to do, you know. Nice. And you know, having those people in your life is is good because you surround yourself with people that also have that ambition. You know, when you surround yourself broke, 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 you're most likely going to be broke. You surround yourself rich, 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 you're most likely going to be rich. You Same thing when it comes to the motivation aspect of things, the conversation a- aspect of things, you know, surround yourself with people that are going to make you feel good, 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 because you're most likely going to feel good, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and gotcha. that's it. You know, it's a, it's an energy. You got to focus, dictate that energy. And as a group, you know, two heads think better than one. So utilize that and move due diligently towards where you want to go and linking up with people like Daniel meeting with my buddy like Dante. Yeah. Like we're, you know, hustlers, you got to move forward. And, and I think it's a beautiful thing. Once you guys are once, once there's harmony involved in a great group of friends or once you surround yourself or find that, that, that click to surround yourself with, that'll really help and, you know, help you move forward. Yeah. And also sometimes cut out some people who are like, yeah, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then, and then people will get offended, you know, And that's okay. People will get offended, but you know, those are, you know, you got to take a step back for your own. You got to be a little selfish sometimes, you know, is what I'm trying to say and understand that, you know, it's not to harm them or anything, you know, against them. It's more of just, you need to identify with your, you need, yeah, it's with you. You need to identify yourself first. You know, you need to understand what you can bring to the table, you know? I watched a beautiful video this morning as well while I was on my way to uh, to work, you know, and it said as well that if if you are mad or if you are not happy with your life, stop pointing finger at the other people and actually start going inside of you and do the, you know, do some internal work to, to see because it's not the other people that are wrong or that are, that are not fit for your life and making you feel this way. It's actually you that's making you feel this way. So, you know, whenever something's happening, you know, t- take some time to, for, to retrospect and just see what is not working in your life and just you know, shift and amend it to make it work. Yeah. And I love that. Honestly, I love that. I think the, having the right people or the right circle of friends around you is definitely like one of the biggest thing. Environment, yeah. man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, um, I think it's really a sacred thing. You know, I have my like three top boys that I chill with, you know, that I kind of like express everything to that I work with and write with and, my my boys that I can kick back and drink a beer with and relax and that have nothing to do with entertainment, you know, because you, you want to have that balance. And where I come from, there was no one doing the entertainment thing. So I kind of was, I'm the only one, you know? So when I go home, it's like, Hey, how you doing homie? Hey, let's go relax over there and relax and relax some more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> But so much relaxing is not going to get you anywhere, you know. Exactly, you know. But you just, just there. Hey, let's watch the fight. Hey, you know, you want to watch some football? Let's go watch some football. Like it's all about just chilling. And I like it because when I'm in my zone, I work, you know. And um, there are times I just rather like since other people, you know, they sometimes don't know what goes on behind the scenes of a lot of the work that a lot of actors or artists in general, anybody in entertainment has to go through. Some people that are not involved in it might not understand that. So, and that's okay. So I like coming home to um, that, you know, humbleness uh, group of friends, that humble group of friends is really important. You know, the ones that are going to keep you grounded, that whether you get rich or famous or whatever, are always going to remember you and know you as the little, you know, softy that you are, you know, whatever. So 
those people are also important. So going going further, we're 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 in our third chapter. Your big breakthrough, how it happened, what happened, uh, being in Thirteen Reasons Why. Like what happened afterwards? Um, well, we went into a pandemic. <laughs> you know, um, I remember hearing about the first COVID case, and it just it was one of those things that you never thought would make it here. It was, I remember, you know, um, I was getting ready to kind of live my best life. <laughs> I think I had mentioned this before when we were all talking the first time and I felt like I had gotten the VIP ticket to the club just when the club closed down, you know? Um, yeah. And that's what I felt like, you know, I felt on top of the world. I felt very proud of my work. I had just gotten a new apartment or whatever, you know, but like, so I had to terminate that lease once I found out that, you know, I might, I might be better off going back home and everything. I, we were all in lockdown. And once the show came out, the popularity aspect and all the public relations, you know, it did skyrocket in its own way. People say, Oh, you're famous. I probably wouldn't consider myself famous. Maybe just a semi-popular guy. Um, And I know, you know, that popular wave, it can kind of come in this industry, you know, and there's one that you might be popular and hot, kind of how it was and during the summer. And then, you know, you might not be so popular or whatever. Maybe it's because of the projects you're involved in or, you know, it's, a, it's an audience thing. So um, it comes and goes in waves. And right now, you know, it's it's been a blessing because it, it's allowed me to enjoy this popularity see fans on the street or whatever, you know, keep sort of my distance and, you know, but it's, it's also uh, allowed me to spend time with family through it all, through, through this growth, through this uh, exposure, because like, it's no matter how big you get, you'll, you'll realize that like you, you have your family and no one but your family, you know? So mm -hmm. it was really good to experience all that joy and wherever I'd go, people would be like, Hey, you're the kid from 13 reasons why. Yeah, great, but uh, this is my mom too. Say hi, mom. You know, like, and and it felt good. You know, just being like being here on Earth and embracing those moments that you've worked your whole life for, with the mm -hmm. people that have been there your whole life. You know, and, and interesting. I, I I love I love the way that it's taking path because it kind of reminds me of like the the phoenix rising out of the ashes. You know, that's kind of mm -hmm. sounds like you, but before it was able to elevate, someone cut their wings, and that someone is called you know COVID, whatever's yeah. happening. Did, were you were you actually were you actually in contact with some of the other um, casting mates, and did you speak with them afterwards as well? How it impacted them? Because I guess you're not the only the only one that you know maybe for no, them yeah, this was like know. a big shot, and then how was that? Well, the whole industry shut down, so it took a big toll on everyone and all the projects that you know that were that were being produced at the time. You know, in production, I remember meeting with my buddy Devin Druid. You know, we're great friends. Uh, I'm a bit of a gamer too, so we he and I are playing Warzone, Call of Duty almost every night. It's this big ass group chat. Me and my homies are a part of it. But um, you oh, know, bro, you, should, you should let me. You should let me know. We should get on a game uh, one night. Uh. <laughs> I got Def you. definitely get the chopper. No, I got, got you. Me. Yeah, we'll we'll do it. You know, so um, I mean, I'm pretty good. <laughs> you know, but it is what it is. That no, that's what I, they all say. That's what they all no, say. I'm a, I, yeah, you're right. No, for sure, you're right. I'm a nice player. <laughs> uh, me too, bro. Finally, hey, someone that understands yes. me. 
I hey, let's go. <laughs> Maybe we are good. Maybe we are really good. Maybe who knows? But yeah, you know, Devin, okay. um, he's a great, great friend of mine. And I remember linking up with him oftentimes because, you know, he and I uh, work a little together on the side. You know, I, my production company is working on this script, and Devin, uh, he's uh, he's been giving his input on it as well. Um, but he is someone that you know was also in the in the process of trying to find that next thing. You know, I think a lot of people were. Uh, a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was hard because the volume, the amount of volume of stuff that was coming in was nowhere near to the amount of volume that there was that, you know, that there was pre-COVID. You know, if you were feeling like of at course. a at 100%, you know, pre-COVID, after COVID, it's, it was like 20, if that, you know. So the chances of you mm-hmm. finding that next project that you were passionate about and ready to sink your teeth in, it kind of wasn't there. So I, I got lucky with, you know, also just focusing on my craft. I feel like every time I focus on my craft, I got lucky. The more I prepare and, the, and seize opportunities, the luckier I get, you know, and I focused on my craft. I mm-hmm. went back to New Jersey and everything played out the way that it should have. I was there back at home. I auditioned for this project, the one that I just finished filming, Bridge and Tunnel, um, with Ed Burns. Mm. Ed Burns is a legend. You know, he's a legendary filmmaker, especially over in the East Coast, big with indie films. He's a part owner, partner of um, Tribeca Film Festival. And, you know, he's uh-huh. right. He, he, he's written and directed the show and he's also starred in it as well. So I got to learn alongside, uh, alongside him, you know, some amazing other young newcomers like myself, you know, and it was really fun. Being in New Jersey made that happen. So it was, I, I felt lucky that I was able to call the shots and move there prior to the audition because I needed to be an East Coast, New York local, you know, so that made me that. And it's just like, it's funny how things happen for a reason and allow you to take that next step forward. Because if I was stuck in LA, I wouldn't have been able to do this job. Probably. Exactly. You know, so. Life, life, life always brings you into certain yeah, places for yeah, a reason, you know. Yeah, exactly. So I always try to look for that Excelsior moment where, you when 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 it feels like so so many negative things are happening to you and you just kind of want to use all those all of that as fuel and use it to your advantage like find like okay if this is where it brought me where do i go where do i take it i have to use it to my advantage because this is the, these are the cards that i'm I, i'm dealt with and i have to play poker mm-hmm. with life you know and isn't isn't playing poker isn't like playing a little bit with life an amazing feeling because you know you can you can always look at you can always look at life from two two kind of ways we did an episode we recorded an episode yesterday where we talked exactly about that you know i don't want to get too much into it but like you if you look at the past the past year a lot of people can take it either as the worst year that ever happened but a lot of people myself including take it as the best year that ever happened because i think we never had such a an amazing space where we can just work on ourselves diligently right i think that's such a beautiful thing um, to look into, but actually jumping a little bit further, you know, you, you, I'm really excited for that, for that. Is it a series coming out it's or a is series. it a movie? It's, it's a series. Uh, it's, it's a, a series. series. Right. Um, it's called Bridge and Tunnel. You guys can catch it January 24th on Epics. It's going to be real fun. 1980s. That's the period that it's in. And, uh, you I know, love that, man. yeah, it's going to be great. It's yeah. a, it's a great right. era, you know, a great era because it, um, it, it, we go kind of, you, you see the real grasp of a story of a person that 
is asking themselves a lot of questions once they graduate college. Like, where do I do? What's my purpose in life? Okay, I'm done here in the real world. How do I mm-hmm, get a job? Mm-hmm. Or is this even what I want to do? And you see a lot of those emotions float in. Why? Because we didn't have smartphones back then. So you're all present in those right. emotions and everything that you're dealing with is it's it's just in front of you, you know, you and your friends are the beers you're cracking. So you got you gotta you get to hear all those conversations that these people have that reflect on what they want to do and identifying themselves as as purposeful people in life, you know. Yeah, and you, uh, I remember you said that when we were for, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the call for the first time, you said that uh, I don't know why we we got to that topic, but you said you're not on your phone that often anymore, or you you're not allowed to get on your phone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we were like, what? Why? And and you said, well, yeah, because well, I need yeah, to because really get it is into the, the thing. Role. Yeah, you have to tap into it. So obviously, every process of the process of an actor is different. We're all kind of cuckoo in our own ways, you know. And uh, and that's okay. <laughs> that's uh, that's the beauty of it. You know, you you get uh, artists crazy, crazy artists, whatever you want to call yourself. So there are people, you know, if you have a character that is carrying an object all day long, like. Are you the kind of guy, are you the kind of actor that's going to go find the object and carry it yourself all day long in your real life, you know, so that you can get accustomed and familiarize yourself with that object and use it properly? You know, those are things that you have to do. So if I'm in an era where there are no smartphones, I'm going to definitely limit the use of smartphones to find things and hobbies that my character sure. might want to do on his free time, you know? Beautiful. And and those things are, are really important because just just as important as the music you know i uh i'm i'm i love like creating a playlist for you know all the characters that i do because it allows me to tap into their body it allows me to you know so for mikey the playlist i created it was it had a lot of 70s you know a lot of saturday night fever a lot of you know frankie valley i had a lot of you know all these songs you know marvin Gaye and all this so i'm there like just moving to this to this music and before you know it you find the walk of this character you find the way he moves the way he smokes a cigarette how he dances you know because you start tapping yourself into it and if you're putting the phone like it's just once it's all complete and once it it all just comes together you know all these little Mm -hmm. this little research that Mm -hmm. you do the, the the attribute building the hobby building the habit building it all comes together once there's hair, there's makeup, there's direction, there's action. You have the other actor in front of you. And post-production, you know, cheers to those guys because <laughs> I have to get on their good side. If not, they'll cut me out. <laughs> <laughs> But you know? is, is, it, is, it actually, is it actually difficult? Is it actually difficult to get in a role like that? Of course, that's a question that has to, that depends from character to character. Um, I mean, if I take like one of my, one of my favorite movies ever produced, was is actually Batman: The Dark Knight Rises, or actually oh the God, you know where Heath Ledger played the Joker, yeah. yeah, or actually where where Heath Ledger played the Joker, you know, and you know, there's this entire story about him when he got into the role of Joker. There were even times where he locked himself in and isolated himself just to get the real feel of how it is like to be the Joker, how to th- uh, think like him, how to speak like him. He did like some incredibly insane things yeah. to just pretend to the core that he is this character that he's playing how how is it for you to get into a role right take take now the movie the the the, the series that you produce now take 13 reasons why is it easy to get in, into a role as you are or does it take a lot of creative thinking and bringing together the puzzle pieces 
Well, you know, it, it obviously, like you said, initially, it definitely comes to the character because, you know, to play a role like Mikey or to play a role like the Joker are two completely different roles, completely filled 100%. with different personalities and completely different attributes. So it, there's a level of uh, intensity that you have to reach, you know, and, and but if a role is soft or if a role is hard, you can go hard on trying to be soft. You can go hard on trying to be hard. You know, so I think mm-hmm. it takes the same level of a, of willness, the the same level of achievement, you know, the dedication and passion to identify, you know, something so minuscule. For me, I think the process with Mikey, yeah, I think, you know, I think isolation is always great for every single character because it allows you to step out of body, move in ways that you maybe haven't before. You know, I, I experienced a lot of uh, awareness with my acting, um, you know, so that's something that helps me. And that's something that I've worked on over the years. You know, my awareness, my body awareness, you know, I feel like I'm always, uh, I'm the kind of guy that if people are walking behind, in front of me, like I am just studying their walk and then they don't realize that I'm probably, that I'm walking the same way they are because I'm mimicking their walk behind them, you know? So I'll literally just like, if I see someone that's, that lunges their knees a little bit, I'll start lunging my knees and walking like that person. If someone walks on their toes, I'll start walking on my toes like that person. If someone's, if their shoulders mm-hmm. are a little mimicking. forward and feet, yeah, mimicking just because like you see all these different walks and all these different style of people and personalities that you're just really studying. You're trying to create a human, you know, you're trying to create a human Beautiful. being. So uh, I think it's really important. I think, you know, you owe it to the character as an artist, as well as an actor, you know, you, mm-hmm. you, you owe it to the character. If you're trying to bring it to life to give it your all, you know, so, so that so that would, it can be, you, so I can be done. Yeah. Right. Would no, you no. like to play a role? Would you like to play a role that would be so out of comfort zone for you? That would be so different. Cause I know, I know, for example, I, I love Matthew McConaughey, right. And he, I think yeah. he played like a role where he had to lose um, 50 oh, pounds. Dallas, for the Dallas, Dyers, Dallas Buyers Club. Exactly. Yeah. And he, yeah, he, he had to Oscar lose like 50, 50 to 60 pounds. Exactly. And would you, would you actually play or get into a role where you have to gain a lot of weight or lose a lot of weight or just do things with you that are so out of your comfort zone? Because I guess, I guess I'm, I'm, I don't want to assume here, but I guess you, you chose roles that suit a little bit to your character. I can, I can imagine, yeah. or well, am, yeah. am I wrong? Well, here? <laughs> choose is a different uh, word that I would use. Cause I feel like I've, uh, mm-hmm. I, I've taken advantage of opportunities that I've gotten yes to. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So okay, yeah, those you. were auditions that I landed and were great. But to answer your question, um, yes, I totally do that. You know, and I think more now than ever because now is the time. You know, I'm at a time, I'm at a point in my life where gaining weight is easy, losing it is easy, and I kind of know what it takes mm-hmm. to get there. But I'm also ready and willing and open to experience the different mental shifts that may come with losing 60 pounds you might start feeling erotic and a little crazy and all those things but that's where you start tapping into the role and giving that to the character you know gotcha. like if a if there's a if there's a character that's underweight like matthew mcconaughey's dallas buyers club character you know he was going through some emotional stuff you know and he was he was uh diagnosed with hiv aids you know so that's tough mm-hmm. so you see that you see that the way the posture changes, the way he talks, you know, the, the cold mm-hmm. sweats and, and the anxiety Man, that's, that's building up, you know, that's acting at its best. But oftentimes you don't realize that 
he probably lost those 60 pounds and genuinely feels that way. And like his hunger is getting to him, his mind, he can't think straight. And all that stuff is being sold on camera by portraying this man with AIDS, you know? That, that's that's crazy. What what would be actually your your favorite role? Like which actor or which role or which movie straight out of your top would you love to play and just to you know be able to relive and just play that character? Um, do you have like do you have like any any favorite? Yeah, uh, Taxi Driver. Nice. Yeah, Travis Bickle. Ooh, ooh. Okay, why? Uh, Robert De Niro, uh, directed by Martin mm -hmm. Scorsese. Uh, that was um, that was the character that I kind of uh, I connected to the most when it came to watching any film, any you know sort of uh, studying any acting. You know, uh, Bobby De Niro, he's my favorite actor. You know, just because he's uh, he's been the one to really get me on my seat and say, "Wow, like you can do that." And studying a character like Travis Bickle someone dealing with so much loneliness, you know, personal demons coming at him from the, to the point where he doesn't even know from where from, you know, um, the conversations he has within himself in his head sometimes can be very relatable to others that we don't really speak about. And it was a character dealing with, you know, loneliness, the loneliest man in the world, you know, and uh, for a second there, You know, I feel like we, um, like, I felt like I was alone, you know, especially watching this movie. And I feel like there is some loneliness thinking onto everyone. So for me, I think Travis Bickle is a great character that a lot of people can relate to. Obviously not, not the parts where he goes around and killing people and shooting people, you know, just to retaliate. But look at a movie like The Joker, for example. A lot of the inspirations came from Taxi Driver. You know, if you really want to compare mm -hmm. both of the movies, you can see how it was more of a character study. Those are character study movies where we're really seeing what a character is going through to get to where they want to be. The personal development for Travis Bickle may be, you know, burning his hand a little bit and seeing how old he can hold his hand over the fire. And personal development for the Joker might be learning how to shoot a gun, you know, and painting his hair green and dancing to it. That's life. Nah, nah, you know whatever so <laughs> all these you, you study these training your laugh yeah. yeah and the laugh it's uh i don't know it's a beautiful thing you know it's a beautiful thing I, i can i can imagine i can imagine bro and i'm on honestly i'm super excited to see you what kind of future projects you're going to be playing in and where to be honest where we will see you in the future i mean probably think going into 2021 i'm pretty sure that you know the entire covid lockdown thing will actually resolve at a certain point and uh you know people can get back to their normal work and as well actors can start doing what they love the most acting so i'm really excited where you will be in the next couple of years and i'm super happy that you know we had this talk we had the chance of like yeah, connecting with you um You know, going going through going through some aspects of your life. You know, you sharing some stuff that uh, you've never shared before, and as well, you know, shedding some light on who Jan Luis Castellano actually is. Yeah, right. Thank you, Castellano. I, I, I yeah. love I love that name, man. It's, 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 it's <laughs> such a such a classical Latino name. I love it. I really love it, man. But yeah, Thank honestly, you. with this being said, I think we we should slowly wrap it up as well because we spend like an hour, 10 minutes, beautiful time as well. We're like we're right now on eleven, eleven. So like one, 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 one. Oh, oh wow! Beautiful angel sign. <laughs> angel yeah. numbers, bro. Angel numbers. Yeah. And this this is this is why I think because you know at the end of each episode. When once we have when we have a, an interview guest, we always have a rapid fire three final questions. Those are 
questions that are either made up or we have thought about them before, but usually when we say them, you know, answer straight off your head, go intuitively and say the first thing that comes to your mind, right? So my first question, and that's actually a question I, I want to get, bring a little bit context to that because that's a question we always ask people. I think 90% of all our guests, we asked that question and why as well for the audience listening, this is why we're asking it over and over because this question really determines the ground values of a person and what a person really would take into consideration as important in his life if everything would be gone. So picture this, you'll be dropped on a lonely island. Right? There's no one else, maybe some animals, a jungle, you know, the beach, the sea, and as far as your eye can reach, no safety boat in, in sight. What would be that one thing, apart from your clothes, obviously, what would be that one thing that you would take with you? My brother. Wow. Beautiful. And your brother or brother's? Because, you know, you kind of uh, have three uh, others. So. Yeah, well, I know, I know. <laughs> well, I take, I, if I could take <laughs> that you didn't say I any would, names here, huh? But you said that one thing. So um, I thought of true, my brother true. Caesar you, you, there. Um, nice. Caesar, yeah. Is, he's, is, he, uh, is he the oldest one after you? No. Yeah, he's the oldest boy after me. You yeah, lose? he's 20 years old. Yeah, and I, uh, yeah, can you hear me? Can you guys hear me? Wait, wait, we we we, we lost you, you there for a second. Is 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 uh is Caesar? Yes, we can hear you. Is Caesar your uh, the oldest brother after you? Yeah, Caesar is the oldest brother after me. He is twenty years old, and um, I don't know. He was the person that came nice. to my mind. You know, I feel like we can survive the jungle together. Super cool. Super cool. Thank you. Second question. Are you ready? Shoot. <laughs> Shoot. What was one of the most exciting moments for you on set? And if you don't remember something exciting, what was the most funny one? Um, well, the most exciting moment for me was actually um, rapping 13 Reasons Why when uh, everybody mm. kind of surprised me saying, hey, we will have one more shot. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool. And then everyone just started like saying, and that's a wrap on season four for John Luis Castellanos. And I was just filled with so many emotions, you know, being a part of that production. It kind of just, uh, everything hit me at once. You know, I couldn't really believe it, put it together throughout the whole season. But once mm -hmm. I finished, it kind of, it all came running and smacked me in the face. But I'm gr really grateful for that opportunity in that moment right there. Nice. Really, really nice. Really, really nice. Tim, do you want to shoot the third one? Otherwise, I have one in my, in my head. Uh, go, go for it. Go for it, bro. If it wouldn't be acting right now, if it wouldn't be modeling right now, what would you do? Be an astronaut. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> NASA, whenever you're listening, yeah, Louis is setting his application for post-COVID. <laughs> I purposely, I, okay, I purposely, bro, I, space. yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out, man. I'm out, baby. <laughs> and that's a wrap. <laughs> and that's a wrap. I'm out. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm crazy. out, man. Honestly, bro, we had such a good time with you. Thank you so much for coming on the episode. We really enjoyed the time with you. Yeah. And yeah, man, we always finish this episode with a very simple and smooth. Peace, Peace out. out. Peace Thank you, out. Thank you, Thank you guys so much for having me, man. This was wonderful. Thank you for allowing me to share my stories with you guys. And uh, I hope people put it to good use, listen to it, learn from it. Don't make the same mistakes I have, but definitely keep growing, baby. Don't change.